First one here, we're waiting on our co-host Bruce Robinson, who I can only imagine is currently sleeping off a weekend uh, at Legend Valley and in Indianapolis. So we're going to give Uncle Bruce a second to get on and let this stream fill up a little bit. Uh, But in the comments, hit me with some of your favorite memories from this weekend. Uh, Since I'm solo waiting for Bruce, I'm just going to do some giveaways. Um, so in those comments, let me know your favorite parts of the weekend, favorite jams. I'm just going to pick some comments and maybe give out some stuff. Brendan, you're absolutely correct. Bruce is meticulously trimming his beard at the moment. As we said, waiting for Bruce to get on right now. But feel free to share some of your favorite moments from the weekend in the chat. That All I Need Jam, incredible. We're going to definitely dig into that. Um, Anyone know how long that went? I think it was like 35 minutes or so. Um, Definitely an epic, epic, epic All I Need. Um, For those of you who have watched before, you may know that All I Need is not exactly my favorite, Um, but I think it's taken a new place in my heart here. Josh, you're absolutely right, too. Born Outro Jam was underrated. Um, you know, I'm really liking how Born's come along. Uh, I feel like the jam sounds a lot like 2001 a lot of the time, and 2001 is a throwback favorite of mine, a uh, throwback jam that the band used to play a whole bunch. And uh, so you basically get a little bit of a 2001 jam with Born. Um, never a complaint for me. Jeff Halfstep was awesome. Um, certainly, certainly, certainly was upset that I missed that half-step. Uh, sounded absolutely incredible. The guys always do it justice. Um, really reminded me of that old half-step at Peach Fest. Brendan and Becca's engagement anniversary. An epic night in Westville in New Haven last year. Uh, happy 
engagement anniversary to Brennan and Becca. Shout out to you two. Love is in the air. Um, I just saw Bruce appear. He's almost here. Almost here. Diesel Johnny, Return of the Dark Horse. Um, you know, it's good to hear Dark Horse come back. Good to hear Dark Horse around. Um, one of those those songs that I feel like they stick to the original. Haven't really changed it up the way they have with the tumble. Um, with hot tea, that kind of stuff. Um, I like it the way it is. Straight. No chaser there for Dark Horse. So we're still waiting on Bruce. I think he may now be having some technical difficulties. Um, I'm going to grab my pin board. We're going to give away a pin. Why not? All right, here's a little relic from my heady days. Got this pin board here. A uh, little bit of fish, a little bit of goose. Got some twiddle, got some El Goose Times. Um, so why don't we go ahead and give something away? Oh, look who it is. Hey there, Bruce. Oh, look who joined. Uh-huh. I was just about to start giving away my worldly possessions because I didn't know what to do. I saw that. That was a good idea. I still will, though. Um, <laughs> let's do one. Let's let's do one. All right, so we're gonna do this old chestnut made by our good friend of the podcast, hopefully soon, Danny Steinman. Also made an appearance this weekend, Dragonfly. Oh, we've got Dragonfly Goose official pin by Danny Steinman flying by this Dragonfly up for grabs. Uh, and we're gonna do a trivia question. While uh, we get all set up here, the trivia question in the chat is, what was the first song that Goose ever played at Legend Valley? Win a Danny Simon pin here, as I also find the answer. No, Jeff, I might as well still be at the tavern, though. I can tell you that. <clears throat> you can see my voice is a little messed up from a very long weekend <laughs> yeah so bruce um tell us a little bit about the tell us a little bit about the weekend i mean we're gonna dig into the music but give us an overview uh how do you feel right now bad terrible really <laughs> awful maybe um but the weekend was fantastic and i mean tons of good music this weekend they showcased everything i love about the band uh, in three shows, well, a lot of upbeat, a lot of energy, incredible jams. It was really awesome. That's why I yelled so much, <laughs> and that's why my <laughs> voice is shot. Bruce, have you had a tea yet today? I have not, and I need a tea. I it I sounds like you need, need a CBD tea. and a tea. You got to make yourself a little TBD, CB, CBT. <laughs> um, so Jeff Hill, you are our winner. Got a Denny Steinman pin heading your way in the mail. This dragonfly is flying through. Um, first song Goose ever played at Resonance 2018 was so ready. Kicking it off with a late night set after Melvin Seals and JGB, which was cool. Uh, I was standing, standing side stage and someone asked me if I was related to Melvin Seals. The answer is no. Um, so we've got a lot to talk about. Jeff, shoot me your address via Facebook, 
chat. And I'll send this out to you. Um, so we got a lot to talk about today in a little bit of time because I need to actually accomplish something uh, for once. Wow, you got to work. Um, <laughs> but first, I want to give a big shout out to our manager, Kathleen. Our manager got a huge promotion. Not in our internal organization. but at, We don't promote. We don't promote. Um, <laughs> our manager also happens to be my wife. Um, somebody's got to have a real job in this household. <laughs> um, Thank God. So here we go. I'm changing up the view here. Let's go horizontal. Ooh. All right. So we got a lot to talk about. Uh, I really want to hear Bruce about your experiences this weekend, but I really, you know, let's, um, let's start at the beginning, uh, which seems like forever ago, but let's talk about mm. last Monday. Uh, and we're going to kind of going to zip through this because I really want to hear about the weekend. And frankly, this seems like history. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about Goose in Vermont. Make some noise in the chat if you were in Vermont. Make some noise. Clap your hands. Stomp your feet in the chat uh, if you were at those Essex shows. Um, I love the Essex experience up in Essex Junction um, yeah. outside of Burlington. Uh, I was up there for the previous shows when Dave Grippo sat in, played an incredible show. No Grippo this time, um, mm. but a first set that consisted of Lead the Way, Atlas Dogs, Earthling or Alien, Indian River with that Welcome to Delta Like Jam, Flow Down, and So Ready. Really, really strong return to Vermont. Neil Landry was there. Neil, what'd you think? Let us know. Um, and that was a different composition of Atlas Dogs, right? That was a different composition of Atlas Dogs. New Atlas Dogs. Uh, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. it. Had a Jackson Brown type vibe. Um, mm. Some folks were complaining about the chorus, as folks tend to do. Uh, but you know, I think that song has come a long way uh, and will continue to grow. Um, you know, these Vermont shows really, really vibey up there for the guys. They always, they always seem to uh, show up. Little-known fact, bassist Trevor Weeks attended the University of Vermont. Maybe it's a commonly known fact. I don't know. Wow. But, yeah. Um, so Dropping knowledge to that. Yes, mm. Yeah, it should have been a <laughs> trivia question. Damn. Um, so a little four-song second set in Vermont, Wisteria, Fire Wisteria, uh, Travelers, Tumble, and Yeti. Um, they did that old shebang-a-bang where they left the drone stuff playing, and um, jumped right in to Tomorrow Never Knows and closed out the show with Yeti. Bruce, that was a while ago, it seems like, at this point. Um, but what were your impressions of those shows? Well, like, I we obviously weren't at that show, but <clears throat> talking to fans online, there was a lot of, um, a lot of like, uh, praise for that show out there. I think a lot of people were pretty impressed with the way they played in Essex. And it was an odd day. Was it mm -hmm. like a Tuesday or a Mon Monday? Monday. Or Tuesday? Monday. Um, and it looked like they had a good showing. Uh, we got a lot of fans that are up there. So some new people also saw them. And uh, for the most part, I heard a lot of good feedback from that show. For the most part, I heard a lot of good feedback about that Atlas Dogs. But like you said... Uh, I think the biggest complaint was the chorus. I have yet to go back to that uh, show um, because obviously I can't listen to too much Goose. I knew I was going to have three shows. <laughs> I would be overwhelmed. So, um, but I was, you know, I was talking to a fan, Gina Walsh. Shout out to her. Um, 
and she had a great time, brought, brought a first timer, had a great time. And I mean, that's the biggest thing. It might not always be for a lot of the fans, like the penultimate show every time, but when you're getting new fans to come and every time those new fans are impressed and even if we're like, Oh, you know, maybe the show was a little slower. Maybe it was this and that. If they're selling it on new fans every time, no matter how they play, I mean, that that's what they're out there for. And that's a successful show. I also love the fact that they're changing up a lot of these songs. Atlas dogs, they barely even have played and it's a brand new song. It's not an album and they're already looking for ways to change up the composition. So, you know, it, it is something that Rick's talked about a lot. It, I think anybody would realize when you're playing these songs hundreds of times, you know, as a musician, there's still a lot of room to maneuver within that song or to change that song or to try different things with that song, just like they did with Arrow. And that keeps them energized. You know, that keeps them creative. That keeps them able to play those songs that they played a million times and keep an interesting vibe to them, uh, make something new out of them, make it fun for the band. You know, so even if fans don't love every piece of those new songs, like even I've had <clears throat> trouble like coming on to the new Temple Tumble, like we've talked about the new Temple Echo, which I both I love both those songs after I've gotten used to those rhythms and the changes. But really, the most important thing is that, that keeps the band playing well. That keeps the band doing creative things with songs that they're not changing up, or with the set list that they're changing up, and how they're changing up the vibe, and um, that just makes for better shows all around. So I like the fact that they're doing that. I th I did think it was funny that they're already doing it with a song. They've only played you know a handful of times, but um, you know, again, I heard a lot of good things about Essex, a lot of good feedback from fans that were there. You know, when you're streaming, it's always easier to be critical. I, I, I am as well. You can get a closer look, you know, you can, you can hear it differently when it's on headphones. So, you know, it's a whole different kind of vibe, but, for the most part, everybody I knew was there really had a great time. That's sure. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, shout out to Blimpy Man himself, Matt Kalinsky, one of oh, the Blimpy managers. Man. Blimpy Man had a good time up there, hometown show. Sarah, welcome to the stream. You uh, just just didn't really miss much. Um, you got here about a minute after Bruce. So all good. Um, <laughs> punctual. Uh, yes, punctual. Yeah. Um, if you're early, you're, you're certainly... <laughs> too early, early. <laughs> if you're yeah, on time wait, wait, you're wait. early um <laughs> so uh let's move on our park up in lewiston new york um similar to buffalo um so i have never been up to art park but uh, i hear a lot about the about the spot and uh apparently there's a big old whale next to the stage so the guys open with the whales um you know I'm not going to say like, I, because I wasn't there. I, I'm not going to say I like necessarily was the reason why the whales happened, but I did text Peter and say, Hey, there's a big whale by the stage. So no, you're not. They, you're they were just trying to copy fish as usual. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> as anything, usual. <laughs> anything whale related. Um, <laughs> anything whale related. Actually, I'm just trying to find the receipts here. Um, to see if I can actually show you. And get us a uh, drone whale. But uh, unfortunately, then I'd have to show all of Goose's tour dates for the next 10 years. Um, so strong opener, the whales, uh, as always, how salient. 
Um, nice little ripping Bob done afterwards. Love it. Getting a little shreddy. Mm-hmm. Um, time to flee. Unfinished. When will they finish it? Who knows? Um, and then um, AUATC ate up all the cake. Boney Vare cover because the guys happened to go see Boney Vare the night before. Uh, maybe uh, caught a little bit of inspiration. Was anybody in the chat at that Boney Vare show? I don't really know much about Boney Vare. And there um, were some fans that were there that actually noticed the band in, in the crowd and got some pictures with them. The guys were were chilling and ha- you know happy to happy to talk it up with the fans. And I think that goes back to some of the stuff you know we've talked about conspiracy theories on here. We've talked about some of the stuff that people say about the band. And, oh yeah, those uh, conspiracy theories. Going on. You know, Bonnie Vare is a huge influence on Rick, and mm-hmm. and it's like just just like Schofield and just like a lot of these guys that aren't Trey and, you know, aren't what people always want to pretend the band is trying to be like. And I think it was like a good opportunity for those guys to go do something that they wanted to do. And I thought it was really interesting that you see, saw other goose fans that recognized them at the Bon Iver show, because then you see that threat. That's where the similarity comes from where Rick's influences in that indie scene and with some modern music are catching on with, with people that also like the same music that he does, you know, and it's not always fish. It's not always jam bands. Um, so Wait I thought minute, I was so you're saying you can that. like more than one band. <laughs> no, 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 you have no. to defend a band that you do not know That's to right. the death. There is the only death. one band on earth mm-hmm. and that is the mm-hmm. band that you like um that's all <laughs> that there's no other music out there um so following up uh boney Vare with rosewood hearts uh featuring some teases of fifth of beethoven uh and then closing out with jive one into jive leap i miss fifth of beethoven yeah i do too and i mean i the only time i didn't realize although i should have obviously stupid that that lewiston show was going to be so early so i didn't end up tuning into the stream till right before the jives. So I didn't catch any of that, but the jives sounded good. You know, they sounded much tighter, a little bit more fluid than they did in Westville. And I didn't think the Westville shows were bad at all, but I mean, it just goes to show, you know, tour opener, a little bit of a break. They were playing with their side projects, trying to get back together. They started to gel at certain points in Westville, but really uh, Lewiston sounded great. And the second set, they really yeah. were on point. Definitely. Definitely. Um, quick little thing. I just got a message from our tour manager, Golden Glizzy Award holder, Sam King, about uh, press requests for Wilmington. Um, we don't really have that many press requests for Wilmington. Anybody in the chat, press, want to go to Wilmington? Um, this is <laughs> your leading source for breaking goose news. What I can tell you is that um, <laughs> we did have some tickets reserved for press um, that, you know, won't be there. So the show sold out. Those tickets may end up online soon. So if you're trying to go to Wilmington, keep an eye out. Cause there may be some tickets available. Um, maybe we just hit refresh a few times. Um, so I heard press- Wilmington was the smallest venue on this tour. Yeah, Gino the size. Uh I don't know the size of of the spot, but that is what the good old Google is for. Um, mm. so it is definitely the smallest. That's what I heard as well just now from you, Bruce. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the green <laughs> the primary Lake Amphitheater. Of information. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh 
1200 people. That's it. Oh. 1200. Um, wow. So awesome that they're, that they're down by the beach. Um, haven't really been to that section of North Carolina in a while. I don't think, I mean, back, they did get stuck down there. I think in 2017, the old thrum to the wolf store, uh, when mm. the van broke down in North Carolina, the guys had to hang out like at an RV park all week. There's some funny photos online. If you dig in, um, Rick and Trevor on a pontoon boat, that kind of stuff. Um, so back to the Carolinas, um, but let's wrap up art park here. we got a Madhavan, hunger site into into the mist your ocean and butter rum um really really good modavan if memory serves me right uh yeah though so yeah. i don't remember what i had for breakfast so um <laughs> uh really good and then uh close out the show with don't do it always an awesome encore i think the last don't do it encore i caught was maybe uh sculpture park last year is that an encore Oh yeah! Oh, <laughs> if I don't remember. Right. <laughs> if I don't remember oh, breakfast. Right. I'm, I'm surprised no. I remember that. I was like, um, oh, is it South Farms. I was like, long time ago. <laughs> South Farms. You know, Colorado. the one one thing to call out with that Lewison show because I did watch the whole second set. That um, oh, gotta go to the notes. That hunger site into into the mist. That segue was incredible. Like I, I noticed when I was watching, I was talking to some people in a chat. And that was one of the smoothest segues. When they get those smooth segues, just like they did with that um, Slow Ready Hot Tea, and like whenever they're hitting on that cylinder, it's just you, you know, you know, they're smoothing it out. That hunger site into um, that into the mist was just like the smoothest segment of music in that whole show, I think. And a lot of people really love that Madhavan. Heard mm-hmm. from a lot of fans who love the Madhavan, but to me, the most memorable point was was that whole segment that hunger site into, into the mist and of course i love into the mist but just the way they flowed through that the way they kept the energy they've been closing out into the mist which they haven't been doing for a long time so that that to me was really the highlight 100 percent, 100 um but really i mean this was just a warm-up for what was a incredible, incredible weekend. And I remember saying on the podcast last year after Legend Valley that I'd never, ever miss another Legend Valley show again. And I did miss Legend Valley again. So, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, as many of you may have seen on my Instagram story, at Greg Knight Music, um, Night with a K, um, I've been cleaning out years of possessions from my parents' house because they're moving um, down to North Carolina, presumably so that they can get goose tickets for these small venues. Yeah, um, and uh, <laughs> so, you know, I've, I've got to help mom and dad move. Um, so I was um, just pouring sweat in my parents' basement watching these streams uh, and cursing fortune. But uh, Bruce, tell us a little bit about your travel, uh, the flight out to Legend Valley. What did you do when you got your feet on the ground in Ohio? Well, luckily... I was worried about flying out the day of, and, and I know other people do too. I always try to fly like the day before these runs if I can. Obviously, we don't trust the airplane system or any of the airplane Anything. industry here. Any, any system, terrible. Really. Um, but it was smooth, completely smooth. Got there even early. Had Blimby, Maine, Kalinsky, and uh, Mike Hasek, Mike Denark. They picked us Denark. up. They picked me up from the Columbus airport. We jet over there. You know, the weather was pretty good all weekend. It wasn't it wasn't like beautifully sunny, let's say, like it was last year. Um, it was a little overcast on Friday. But again, as long as we're avoiding rain, who cares? And 
Plus, it was pretty temperate, and we got there easy. And then you get to Legend Valley, and there is something about it. It is just this huge dirt patch, and then you have all the rolling hills of the grass. This massive camp. dirt patch is a great way to describe it, yeah. Huge farm behind it. It's Ohio. <laughs> you know, things are brown or yes. gray. <laughs> but <laughs> something about that. Is a grayish brown, a reddish, <laughs> but something about <laughs> something Amber about is the color of your energy. <laughs> Three Eleven should be used red for that. But the whole thing, the whole thing about Legend Valley is you just get there. There's just something in the air. It's very special. People were posting about it on Facebook as well. I saw some threads, and it, it, it's kind of it just takes you by surprise. You just think, okay, I've been to a lot of outdoor shows. It makes sense, but the people who run the venue with Kenny and Rob are extremely chill. They really understand live music. They understand the fans. They understand what people want. They understand how to keep the vibe comfortable, you know, and this time around, instead of the pod uh, shows last year, you know, we had vendors, you had food out there. I saw all those tents right where the dinosaur is and leaning up the hill. And I said to Matt, when we got there, um, you know, what is that? Is that all vendors? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, that's actually where people camp. And, uh, you know, which is also awesome because you're literally 100 yards from the stage. And the sound there is incredible for an outdoor venue. I've always been astounded by the sound. And they had a smaller PA this year than they did the other year. Oh, wasn't and it epic last year? And it's so loud. So loud. But even with the smaller PA, because Sam mentioned something to me when I got there, uh, when I ran into Sam about, you know, how, you know, the smaller PA and this and that, if they had more tickets, they could have had a bigger PA, but they didn't need it. It was still super clear the way the acoustics are there, the way the land rolls up. It's just like you get clear sound almost everywhere, great sight lines almost everywhere. Um, and, you know, the band is just so dialed in there. You know, they feel so comfortable. It's always nice to have two night runs, but just, just the vibe at the barn, how convenient the amenities are for them. And then again, with Rob and and Kenny, how, how willing they are to help out and quickly get things for the guys. And it just makes everything so much more comfortable. And then plus everybody's on site, you know, even, even for me, it's when you have all those moving pieces with the shows, like we do these days, you know, you're just jetting from place to place, trying to see people everywhere. Everybody's in separate places when you're at Legend Valley and you're all there, you know, and people are all very close, at least, to Buckeye Lake. It, it just makes it so much easier. And honestly, dude, the Midwest vibe, the Midwest jam scene, the live music fans out there are extremely chill, extremely kind, very generous, very deep in the music, you know, very yep. passionate fans and and they just get it. So it just makes that whole environment an incredible place to go to. And when the band has places like that, they let loose. Yep. They absolutely let loose. And you could hear it this weekend for sure. So one thing I should say is um, check out our interview with Rob Chafin of Legend Valley. We did it last year after the Legend Valley show. I believe maybe it was around the end of the summer. Um, talked a lot about um, just his history at Legend Valley, um, his whole outlook on how you can make it a venue, um, kind of an incredible place for the artists that are there. I believe the, um, the, the words Rob used were happy cows produce happy milk. 
yeah. if I recall correctly. Uh. Um, but listen back, check that out. The episode is called The Leg Two Recap. It came out last July, um, back in the day. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about this oh, this set list. Uh, open up with California Magic, and then first time played Butterflies by Great Blue. What do you think? I talking to people at Legend Valley the next day, people constantly mention butterflies to me. And I think, you know, it's just, it's what's cool about the band doing like Rick and Peter and Ben doing songs that they have with other guys that could always be incorporated in the goose. If it makes sense. And goose is always going to have that different flavor on it than their, than their other projects would. So it can be good in both ways. It's again, just like Alice was just like changing the tempo over tumble, all these things, like just keeps things interesting for not only the, the band members, but but everybody else, you know, and you can see a different outfit, see them play it a different way, see it with Goose, and they really crushed it. And California Magic, it's just a great song. Like, just in a compact sense, it's an excellent song, great way to open, great song to sing along with. And then really about that flow. California Magic flowed really well into Butterflies. Butterflies is a very cool song. Great Blue released that. Um, I can't remember what the other song, but they had a record, uh, like kind of a studio recording in the basement they did before they went on tour. And I was like, wow, these songs sound great. But when I heard it live, it's just, it's just a whole nother thing. And again, Legend Valley, big, deep, loud sound, and it just gives it a whole different vibe altogether. So people were really, um, a lot of people really complimenting the butterflies, but Mississippi half step after that. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go. Easily, easily. Tell me about best, this. What do we easily think? Easily the best half step that I've ever heard them play. And uh, Garth says it, the night changed. Party on, dog. Yeah. Garth knows. And it was ridiculous. Dude, Kalinsky was calling Rick Metal Rick, which is dumb. The whole, whole weekend before <laughs> I liked it. So. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. <laughs> but, but literally, like, Rick had this vibe the whole weekend right off the bat with trying to go, you know, darker or harder or whatever, like that people want to, want to, want to say, they always want it darker. Oh, mean jams. Scary goose. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, it's heavy really. And that, and that's really what he was doing. And obviously Rick can shred and he doesn't do it all the time. And he was getting very shreddy that show right away. The whole band was building a foundation that was like, you know, that, that much deeper darker vibe and and allowing a lot of space to go from that and i've never heard a mrs happy half step jammed like that by them so then it voted you know and obviously i was only the third song but when you listen to the rest of the weekend you see that they kept that vibe going the whole time yeah industrial goose yeah industrial i like goose. that there we go brendan i like that a you're lot. you're taking over yeah. next week you're breaking down the shows <laughs> take um, my spot because i can't even talk <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so half step which could only be described as the musical version of battery acid industrial strong <laughs> um uh old man's boat uh i had to cool things down a little bit after that um after that half step um, love the old man boat jam, but I, you know what I love even more is a, um, is a phone call from Luke Beeman. Hey Luke, what's going on dog? What's up baby? Give me a call later. Ooh. Take me out to dinner. Uh, Luke big shout out to Luke Beeman, friend of the podcast, uh, of the special specials playing Red Rocks this weekend. 
Um, check it out. Also streaming on Nugs, opening for Umphreys McGee. Shout out to our boys in the special. We love y'all. Kill it out there on the rocks, aka Ricks. Um, so <laughs> old man, uh, old man's boat, boat jam is back. That's right. Um, you know, had to uh, take the boat in for repairs. Uh, there were some leaks. Um, and uh, you know, second, uh, first set creatures is what I want to talk about. I love a first set creatures. Give me it's that funny you mentioned that because I was gonna say that, like, I said that to people while we were watching the show. I was like, I it, it actually fit perfectly well after the old man's bow champ. And I was like, wow, first set creatures. I don't even remember the last time I heard that. But then I was also like, yeah, first set creatures. There we go. Like after the Mississippi half step, you know, it's, it's again like some of these shows, you can just feel the vibe from the band. You just know the band is in the pocket and you know, they're going to continue to bring it. You know, you know, that level is not going to come down. You know, they're going to keep that flow up. It was like one of those, um, Portland shows back in February that I recognized out basically the second song. You just hear it, you know, and when Rick's loose, like same second night of Philly, it, it just keeps the vibe going. It sets the stage for the whole band to, to, to keep that flow going. And, and once that first set creatures came in, it was like, okay, yeah, they're going to bring it at legend Valley. They always do. And, and it's just like, no matter what, we say about them always doing that. It's still like, okay, I'm not going to set up expectations to think, you know, those last two shows of legend Valley last year were incredible. So I'm not going to be like, Oh, they have to put up Epic shows going to be the best shows ever just because legend Valley. And they were ready to do it. And you could tell right then, you know, you could tell after Mississippi, the old man's boat was nice. And then it led smoothly in that creatures, that creatures was sick at first that creatures. So it was like, okay, they got the energy they know what they're doing. They know where they're at, you know, and they're going to bring it. So it was really like, I think the crowd was feeling that vibe too. At that time, it was just so high energy, you know? And yeah. it's like, when you look at the set list, like California magic, Mississippi half step, old man's boat, that's not screaming high energy at you, but it was, you know, yeah. and it yeah. absolutely was. And a different vibe than the high energy is next night, which we'll talk about by but they kind of kept that similar. It was a similar energy, totally different shows, similar energy, upbeat, keeping people dancing. Um, and yeah, creature first set creatures, man, is such a good sign. So it was great. And they were playing out of their mind. They were already tight right then. And that goes back to showing how relaxed they are at that yep. venue. Yeah. Legend Valley, happy cows, making happy milk. <laughs> and, happy um, milk. <laughs> Neil, you put it uh, the right way. Went to hit merch, thinking it was going to be a short creatures, and the set was end. Boy, were you wrong! The <laughs> official return for the first time, back for the first time. Boo, 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 boo. Turbulence and the Night Rays, a Vasudo original, making its debut with Goose at the Hallowed Ground. That is Legend Valley. Um, Bruce, what was your reaction when you heard Turbulence start? Good question, because it leads into sound check. I finally go up to the side stage, talk to some of the crew, talk to John. I'm talking to John. They're sound checking turbulence. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool vibe. Yeah, I knew they had some new songs that were coming. I had no idea what it was. <laughs> and John's like, you don't know, you know what this is? You know, last you time don't know you what this is? Yeah, that's, that's the correct. Yeah. I was like, 
No. <laughs> and he he even he knew it wasn't since the Basudo days. He told me he was like, yo, this is turbulence, but they'd kind of changed it up a little bit. Obviously, the band's so much more mature than they were as in as Vasudo, and I, it wasn't one of my favorite pseudo songs. You know, it was well, like that, a little yeah. The little thing odd. is they didn't they never really I feel like they played turbulence this weekend the way they envisioned it as Vasudo, but they just weren't there yet. Yeah. You know, it's like um, when I when I look in the mirror and I see 50 Cent and I'm like, damn, Greg, you're not quite there yet. However, nah. you know, <laughs> it'll take years to chisel 50 Cent out of this body. So uh, a little yeah. bit more than you I need wanted some to physical share. physical injury to the mouth. <laughs> I don't know if people know 50 Cent. But now what with the new. So um, enough about me. So Turbulence is back. <laughs> Uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's, I'm happy to have it back. Last time played 2012. The people are saying last time played was Russo's grad party. Could very, very much be true. Could, could Um, very well, could very well be true. It wasn't that, you know, me and coach were talking. I was like, was it the last time that Vasudo played? They played that because they played for so long. They didn't even play it that night. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So they didn't. Yeah. The last show last in 2013, they did not play it. And it was just an awkward arrangement back then mm-hmm. with them and with the four piece and with the people they had then. And, you know, again, they, they hadn't spent years listening and playing and trying to develop these songs either at that point. But even John said it, he was like, yeah, that's how I describe it. It's kind of awkward. And now when it fits into that vibey sort of ambient space that they have with a lot of these songs, it really sounds much more cohesive. And it sounds like a better song. It's a little bit catchier. Um, so very cool. Obviously, we've always been wanting Vasudo songs to come back to the Goose catalog. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of ins and outs to that. But very cool to hear them going for Turbulence and trying to bring these songs back in the catalog, trying to change them up. And it really hit. You know, again, it flowed super well in that set. I don't even think people were realizing, you know, normally people get these new songs and they kind of check out. Maybe they're talking to their friends. Obviously, Goose fans are choppers. Choppers. <laughs> oh, Nobody's but, there for the music. No, nah, I'm not. And, but so those songs, I mean, again, they kept they kept people engaged. That whole set. I don't even know if people knew necessarily they were listening to new songs So uh, until after. But, you know, that that's a testament to how well they've been able to develop some of these songs now. You know, I was actually surprised how many people on Twitter knew Turbulence. You know, I was like, oh, let me drop some knowledge on these fools and let them know what the song is. And then uh, a bunch of folks were like, oh, yeah, it's turbulence. Like, you know, I was just surprised. Um, so, show, God, shout out to all of you who have been digging deep into that Vasudo catalog. Um, there's some gems back there. And who knows what uh, what else will kind of make its way back into the goose world. I'm hoping for hot love and the lazy poet. <sighs> One day can, and Jetstone. One day and, Je- and Jetstone. Please, and Jetstone. People aren't ready for that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, set two. I guess it's time for me to eat crow. Uh, that's well. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah. All I, I need. <laughs> all I need, man. I don't know what fool was ever saying. All I need um, had kind of jumped the shark because whoever said that is an idiot. Um, all I need is back, and it's back in a real way. I mean, dude, minutes. I Tell agree. Me. I 
I agree with you for the most part that we, you know, like I love need. There's been tons of great needs, but like we've heard it a lot, you know, and it, and it comes up in the similar spots in a lot of shows. So it's like, oh, okay, need, of course. <laughs> Mind-boggling. That first jam, I was telling people this weekend, I think the first knee jam was one of the best segments of improvisation I've ever heard from the mm -hmm. band, regardless of what song it was coming from. And again, I, I love that darker, heavier stuff, especially when when it's when it keeps a beat that you can dance to. And with Metal Rick, you know, feeling as though it's Metal too. Rick. Oh, God. That jam, everybody was talking about that jam the whole weekend. And, yeah. for, and for good good reason, the second jam was sick too and like totally different. Back into a dance jam, but like not like heavy, you know, kind of lighter dance jam that they came out with. So different. That whole need was sick. But the fact that that first jam was just mind-bogglingly good you know something that you don't hear from them often and i hope we get to hear things like that from them more but that was a very special point in time like that was a very cool jam i cannot wait to re-listen to that absolutely the mississippi half step was awesome i think people forgot about it because yeah after all i need yeah i dig i mean and you know what i guess i'm gonna just have to Shut my mouth and listen to how all I need <laughs> continues to take shape. Because uh, if they if they're doing stuff like that, then all I need is all I need. Um, so maybe we need to keep talking shit about those songs. Is then Rick's like, oh, I'm gonna yeah, yeah. I need to go it, metal. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Um, yeah, you're right. Every song sucks. So um, uh, following up, "Nights in White Satin." Um, love the song. I feel like it would be better if "Nights" was spelled with a K. Personal bias. That's all I got. I wasn't expecting it. Of course, I don't think anybody was. I definitely didn't expect to hear it this weekend. Good timing. Again, good choice at that time. And, you know, everybody likes that song because it's so, like, cathartic and, and operatic and everybody can sing along with it, you know. And that need was so long that it made sense for that to be the second song to kind of, like, cool it off. But it kept, it kept that vibe going, you know, kept people yep. really in it. And, uh, Rick's voice on it, you know, like it, he just, it's, it's some of these songs that he sings are right in his wheelhouse. And that's why those covers get picked. I never would have thought the band would have ever covered Night's White Side. When John mm. told me before Brooklyn that they were going to do it, you know, I was like, mm. I happened to be up. I was working, but I happened to be up in the balcony when they did it then. And I was like, oh, oh, that works. <laughs> yep. And when it, when it comes out, in that kind of position, in that kind of show, it really works. Kind of reminds me of In Your Eyes from Sculpture Park, where it's like Ooh, yeah. Sculpture Park was bringing the heat, bringing the heat. But In Your Eyes was so operatic. It kind of still kept the heat going, but like at that like broiler level, you know, like <laughs> you turn the oven down a little bit, you know, let it set, you know, keeping it warm. So it was like that. And, you know, and again, Rick's voice sometimes – you know, his voice always sounds good, but man, he was very locked in on all levels this weekend. Not just not just ripping the guitar, not just metal wreck, but his singing was impeccable. California Magic sounded great, and that sounded great. Speaking of singing impeccable, uh, Peter sounded great, too, on Redbird, which was the next song. He did. And I was reading stuff, and I, 
I had said to one of our friends, Angela, before the weekend, I was like, you know, honestly, I'm looking for a fat Redbird at Legend Valley. It seemed like we were most likely going to get one, but that huge space and the huge sound. And it's like that big vibe from Redbird and the round with the singing. And it's like, I, I could see that fitting into that environment really, really well. And I used Redbird for a while as um, a way to tell people like, if you can't hear how Peter's improved singing, that's the song. That's a hard song to sing, you know? And I, I saw some people online, you know, say like, like they do wishing Rick was singing it. You know, Rick, Rick has a very smooth voice, very easy to listen to. Right. Peter, Peter's got a good voice, man. He can hit certain notes very, very well. He can harmonize with Rick really, really well. Doing those rounds are hard and right. keeping that, keeping that staying into those notes and, and, and not, you know, not kind of go, going sharp or flat while, Jeff and Rick are singing, you know, around you is tough. And I think they really pulled it off very well. I've always saw it in most of the performance of Redbird, <laughs> Team Raspy Bruce. Hopefully I'm not this raspy ever again. But it was a hard <laughs> weekend. Go. It was dusty. Very yeah. dusty, legend. The dirt pile. <laughs> the Ohio dirt pile. Really got caught in the throat. Um, so uh, Spirit of the Dark Horse. Like it. Nice, true to the original. They did yep. that thing. Yep. Um, and then Dragonfly. Um, so Dragonfly, great. sick, great, and sick ending. Yep. Like I, I just kind of came go, on with go. yeah. Ooh, ooh, that's the sound the Dragonfly makes, right? Yeah, that's exactly the sound. It's and the like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I would have never expected. Like a dragonfly closer, second set closer to to be as successful as that, and they kind of pulled it out. Rick kept going with it, and I was even like whistling it to myself the whole night. It was like the last thing that kind of kept stuck in my head. And high energy, it was really perfect. And like you know, again, just some of those surprises. Creatures first set, um, you know, wouldn't have expected it. The Knights in White Satin wouldn't have expected it. Dragonfly closer for a second set wouldn't have expected it. Really worked out very, very well. So it's nice to see them that they're not only changing up the set list, but they're on point with how they're playing them and how they're putting them together. 100%. 100%. Um, closed out the show with Jive 2. Love Jive 2. Encore. You know. Um, yeah. Nothing needs to be said about that, except that a little bit goes a long way. Um <laughs> Good one. Legend Valley Night 2. I talked to Bruce at about 3.30 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, just woken up off a fresh 90-minute nap, um, which I believe was all the sleep that Bruce got this weekend. All good. I love it. Um, that's what an RV is for. It's to stay up and enjoy every single moment of it. Um, so... <laughs> uh, the show, I'm going to lie in the grass for a while. Um so show opened up with Elizabeth. I love Elizabeth with uh, uh, opener, you know, just jam gets deep immediately. Yeah. And it's good energy. You know, it like just gets people moving in kind of like a happy, upbeat way right away. So perfect opener, really good opener. One of them, um, definitely one of my favorite Peter songs. Uh, and I hadn't heard it in a while. So I was pretty happy with that. And then, um, 
having born the second spot where born always feels like an opener in a lot yeah. of ways. Well, uh, but they kept that born tight. It sounded good, you know. I think I turned to somebody during that. And I was like, it's funny how people are shitting on born when it came out on the album. When I the first thing I thought about that, I was like, this is gonna be a really vibey, you know, kind of an epic sort of live song. And everybody was just like, mm, too too indie, too spacey, whatever, too slow. And it's like, dude, they you know, they need these things to fit in. You don't want everything to be Elizabeth, 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 Elizabeth. It's like bop, 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 bop. Elizabeth, 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 Elizabeth. <laughs> oh, we're just gonna do these dance pop yeah. songs the whole time. Like, of course you don't want that. You need to have some kind of flow to it, you know. Right, right. Born born adds that vibe to it that they've been kind of carrying through a lot of shows. What do you think about the Born Jam? Well, so the Born Jam, I I was uh, we had some kids that were next to us that went to Deer Creek, and I was talking to them a little bit about fish. You know, I don't know why, <laughs> but <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was like, oh, yo, yo, get ready for the 2001 Jam at a Born. You know, everybody knows it's 2001. They just don't do the little Diodato drop down, but if they did, it would be 2001. They don't want to notate it on the set list. But they did it for like hmm, a few bars and then went again deep into a darker space with that. Yeah. And like, yeah. And I was like, Whoa. and it was sick. Also, very, very cool jam at a born. It was nice to hear something that was a little different than that. You know, what we were, we're calling the 2001 style jam out of that. And then from Born into Dr. Dark, Darkness, a Bruce Robinson story. Um, Bruce, I'm seeing a little some comments in the in the chat about um, your experience with the dust. Um, so one, I didn't realize you got dusted this weekend. I know you like to get wet, um, <laughs> but uh, Sarah said your, ske- your sketchers were were hella dirty. Um, yeah, I imagine from knowing you that you you got your party pair that you bring to Legend Valley. You're not going to take the Ferraris out of the garage, duh, dude. That, duh. I mean, see, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> see, that's you know me. Yeah. I had to tell people that because they don't know me. But I was like, "Yo, these are the these are the kicks I wore last year at Legend Valley. And I need the whites because everybody knows the classic white Skechers with are covered in dirt." And right. I was like, "I know Legend Valley is also covered in dirt, <laughs> so yeah. I had these fly ass, you know, gray ones. I'm like, ah, I'm not dirtying those up, you know. Yeah. So I brought, I brought the one, and I can't bring three pairs of Skechers in my carry on." Because they're right. really heavy yeah. shoes. <laughs> I don't know so. if that's actually legal. You know, <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. I don't. I think they'll take the third pair around. That's right. Yeah, so, yeah, sir, these exactly. are far too many so, Skechers for you to be taking on this one trip. Just had to make some choices. One hundred percent tough choices. I, I dig, but you know, whatever. It makes sense to me. Um, so dark. Uh, after that, we had drive. Um, like great drive, but just kind of, I think, a good standard. You know, standard automobile. Um, for the weekend, yeah, like you know, a, not a, you know, just they like did a Camry, it. you know, it exactly, maybe exactly, a Ford exactly. Camry, yeah, a, Ford like, Camry, a, big, a Corolla, a good, so very solid Corolla, reliable know? cars, you know, sixty thousand <laughs> miles, easy to fix. Um, so <laughs> Silver Rising, um, Team Wolf soundtrack, uh, sounded really good though. Harmonies were on point. Um, yep. and then closing out the set with Arrow, and that was a beast of an Arrow as yeah. well. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, just every jam that they were pulling out this weekend was different, high energy in in some way, Um, very interesting and like 
very monumental. It almost seemed like every single long jam space that they went into was memorable, you know, and 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 like add a lot of emotion to all of them and just kept people moving, man. I mean, like, yeah, I know personally I was covered in sweat pretty much for 48 hours and people attributed it to other things. <laughs> I right. said I was dancing, you know, right. <laughs> I thought it was the music. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, a lot of cool, heavy, long jams and, and uh, arrow really delivered very much. They did the ooh, ooh, ooh thing at the end. I know some people don't like that. I don't know why I was ooing, um, but yeah, they crushed that. I like that. This is the theme of the weekend, Josh. Dusty dancing. That is good. <laughs> um, that's, oh, I like that. Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about this set too. Three songs, second set. Ask Oof. about me. Oof. So animal. So that's animal all I got. We, yeah. <laughs> It was a good lead in, <laughs> but we were um, at Walmart. You know what? That's what you do in Ohio. You go to Walmart. I bought a white tea and jasmine candle, some linens. Come on now. Yeah. I don't know. Come on. And a little interior decorating. Oh, duh. Dude, the gray wolf, you know, the gray wolf needs to be spruced up when we get in there, but. Sprucing by Bruce. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I like that. <laughs> New Spruce interior Robinson. design company. I might start with Becky, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> so, animal we heard on the sound check on the way out of Walmart, and first thing I thought, because obviously they were only playing pieces of it, but I was like, oh, this sounds like it could have a very cool jam out of it, you know, and like something like what I was thinking was like an e- EOA kind of. You know, you're, you know, you're going to get a cool vibey dance jam out of that or something like that. I had no idea they were going to go full bore at that jam and start off with an epic, long animal that kind of, you know, it kept type one for the most part. So I know, you know, we got people on Twitter who might not like that. Ooh, type one. Wow. Yeah, they played their song. <laughs> That shit was sick. It mm-hmm. was sick, you know? And it was like, I like when they keep things going like that. You can you get locked into some sick flow, you know? You, you can do little tasteful different things during different bars, and that's what they were doing. And then they dropped and let Trevor go crazy and let the drums go crazy, you know? And they, But they kept going in that same vein. I didn't see anybody stop moving for that entire song, you know, and, and again, going back to these new songs where people often have, it takes a little while for people to like focus on the new songs or, or to get into the new songs. Cause they're hearing from the first time it's unfamiliar, might not feel familiar in that spot, but like phew, that animal opener was absolutely a monster. Yeah. Just like Eric was saying, it was insane. So I want to know in the chat, if animal, was an animal what animal would animal be does that make sense mm-hmm. what would you say bruce uh hmm. 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 maybe like uh what kind of animals do i like <laughs> yeah that is a good question well your niece my cat lucy Oh, Lou. <laughs> uh, Lula. Huh. Ooh, but she's much too gentle. 
Yeah, no, she's much more of an echo. Much too gentle. It's a little too too grimy, you know? Yeah. You know, maybe like uh, Trash Panda. Ooh. A little bit of a raccoon going on. Yeah, okay. Like like a, a rabid one. Yeah, oh, or a type feverish, feverishly, feverishly rabid. rabid, like yeah. animal just, control can't even catch it because it like hisses and spits at him and runs away too fast. Vicious, done. Yeah, I like <laughs> done. it. <laughs> you know, yeah, rabbit, that's, rabbit. Even though they mention a monkey in the song, it's really much more of a rabbit trash man. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> we all know, we all know the truth. Um, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> a Western Sun, good little like 18, 19 minute Western Sun. So when you look at that set list, it's funny that everybody's like, oh, three songs must have been monstrous, whatever. You see Western Sun in the middle of it. And you're like, oh, what are they like? Just take a very slow break in the middle. And it did not feel like that at all. It was like a pretty standard Western Sun as far as the composed parts and the vocal parts. But it still had a little bit of that. My mom. <laughs> oh, hi, mom. Hey, mom. <laughs> As live, sometimes we get phone calls. <laughs> I don't. Like, nobody. What are nobody you talking me. about? <laughs> <laughs> Trash pandas. <laughs> but um, it fit. And then the jam in Western Sun, it kind of took like I like we were saying before. You want some sort of rhythm and flow to the sets, and sometimes you're going to want to slow it down to some extent. And the way that they kind of tap the brakes slightly to get into the lyrical part of Western sun and took that jam out. It was perfect. Like it it was a perfect lead away from a very long and a very aggressive animal. Rabbit trash pan is a very aggressive. Yeah. Heading West. Yeah. Heading West, you know, Western sun sunning. Yeah. You can't find that thing. It's because it's hiding in the night. It's out in day. It's rabbit. So, that jam in a Western sun still kept up the energy, still kept up the vibe. And then I was like, you know, I missed an epic drip field at the second night of Westville. And I didn't know, you know, I'm sure they were going to play a new song. They got to play them. Uh, but then it's like, okay, so what are they going to do with this one? Really? That second set is just one. I mean, it's, I know people don't like hasty rankings. Sorry, Twitter guys, even though I'm usually right about that every time. Mm-hmm. Yep. But like that second set in the way that the production was, especially with Driftfield, with Getty and the lights, Getty's new light rigs gives it so much depth. And Legend Valley has a big, deep stage anyway, but you could see it at Westville too. There's just something about the layering and having those standing lights and the new stands, the moving trestles and all that stuff gives it so much more depth and the production along with the way they were jamming and the three song set and how it flowed. One of the more monumental, one of the more emotive experiences I've had in music ever, you know, things that remind me of how big and how monumental and, and how much feeling you can get out of some, very, very good fish sets at very, very big venues, you know, where the sound is just taking you somewhere else and they have you on a string, they're pulling you the whole way and you're not, there's not one point where you're kind of broken off of that. And like, that's what they did with that second set. And it was, it was stellar. If I, it was, if I'm ever going to compliment the band, which I hate to do. Yeah. Surprise. That second set was really one of the better pieces of music I've ever, ever heard. It was incredible. 
You heard it here first, folks. I hope the band's listening. Um, so closed out Legend Valley with the Golden Glizzy Award. Shout out to Sam King. Obviously deserves it. Sam King, the goat. Uh, love you, Sam. And uh, ended it with Rockdale. Wrap it up, zip it in, and zip it out. Um, let's move on. So, Bruce, tell me no. about how you got from. We're not moving on. That Rockdale. I hate complimenting the band, Greg, but like Peter was the one who ripped into that factory fiction jam towards the end of Rockdale, right before the breakdown that I love so much that singing bridge at the end of Rockdale. And it was perfect. dude. And I was like, I heard them kind of teasing factory. I was like, Ooh, that is mean, nasty. And I, I was like, don't play it. Don't play it. And they didn't. And Peter's really Peter's taste for that. He was like, and we were talking to him backstage the next night in Indy. He was like, yeah, I I just in the key and I just did it. It felt good. I was like, felt really good outside too. It was nasty, man. I mean, like that's the stuff that I'm looking for from you guys. And then the Rocktail always with that ending is one of my favorite parts of any of their songs, period. And you can always do all kinds of stuff with the jam and then, Popping that cathartic singing ending, and they sound so good singing that, and then get back in the rock and end it, and it was just the perfect way to end a very, very, very good show. I love it. Um, and Donda, I do love Rockdale. Uh, frankly, I am just moving expeditiously because I have an important thing to do at one thirty that I really don't want to do, but I have to. Um, so, um, let's talk about TCU. How'd you get from um, from Legend Valley to Indy? Oh, uh, Bloomy May. <laughs> Bloomy May. So, Matt Kalinsky, manager du jour, um, uh, he, you know, he's out there, man. He, he helps the band in so many ways uh, that are kind of like in the background, you know. And he helped, he helped um, get Peter and Becky there. And since I was in the Gray Wolf with him, I rode with them, you know. And, and uh, Kalinsky really like set up and helped coordinate a lot of stuff this whole weekend uh, and help make things comfortable. Again, that comfort level, I can't overstate it. We talk about it a lot, talk about how venues make them comfortable, certain environments make them comfortable, but same with the people around them. I make them very uncomfortable, but everyone else really helping to get the band locked in in the position where they can play shows like that. And uh, so Kalinske got me to Indy. It was actually an easy drive. And uh, Windiana is the shit. <laughs> is the shit. And we went to Mousetrap. Cindy. Uh, well, <laughs> once we got there, we were like, yo, let's go to Mousetrap. Shout out to um, Mike Cordo, owner of that place, to Eric Thompson from High Rider and all the guys from High Rider that Kalinske manages. They treat us so well out there, you know, and they love Goose out there. And their whole crew out there, that whole live music scene out there, just like we were talking about before with Ohio, just the chillest, most generous, kindest, fun-loving people, man. And it's like so comfortable and welcoming to be out there and so much fun. And, you know, I mean, Indy, Ohio, like Goose's second home. You know, the first market where they just settled in, you know, we could go on forever about Covington shows, um, you know, the the whole fam we've got out there. 
Um, you know, I missed all of you. Um, but, uh, you know, Indy, special place. And it's just crazy to think about how they went from the mousetrap to this packed TCU amphitheater. The place looked incredible. Yeah, it did. And I turned around. Um, what was the second song? Echo? Yeah, it was Echo. So I turned around during Echo just to check out, you know, because I had heard some things about bad ticket sales. I don't know. People want to people want to make up whatever they can yeah. to kind of like, you know, make things look bad for the guys. So I looked back and I was like, looks pretty good to me. There was yeah. a ton of people there. And it was, and it's a legit, like kind of like a legit barn, legit kind of shed amphitheater. And plus like, it's all brand new. Everything's clean. Um, amenities are easy to access. You know, the lawn's a little bit like Meriwether or Camden. It's like a little steep, but uh, other than that, sounds great. Very comfortable place. It was extremely hot, however. Um, but cool, like all of these pattern lights on the ceiling that Getty had full control over as well. So um, really cool to see the guys in a place like that at this point. Shout out to our main Andrew Getty, hometown show. Uh, and they got him up for the old. Yep. And he didn't go crazy. Like yeah, he, did he didn't take a Tennessee. Type two. He didn't take a yeah. type two. No type two um, whistling. Yeah. But which is he's a, a very good whistler, though. Yeah. For man like can whistle. Yeah. The man can whistle. Yeah. I mean, he can, he can if whistle. all else fails, the guy's got a future. Uh, <laughs> in whistling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yes. Um, Eric says the new lawn is so sick there. Um, cool. Good. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. Uh-huh. Um, so after Julio, turn clouds. Love, love the first set, turn clouds. Yeah. And I loved seeing just, you know, we, we've, we've watched the man for so long and like seeing how people focus on him and at bars and all that stuff. And now seeing people, really getting down and smiling to turn clouds or to some of these big songs that they play. And you just see how much fun people are having. And it's like such a surreal and such a cool experience. And I saw with some people in front of me, we're right behind the pit, you know, and it's like, just so happy to hear turn clouds. And I was like, I'm happy to hear turn clouds also. And it was a good one standard. Um, but that, fir- that first set kept the good flow going, you know, and, um, between Echo, uh, Julio, and Turn Clouds, and then a fire, fire Arcadia. Yeah, so you talk st- to me about that Arcadia because I was, uh, what was I doing on Sunday besides bullshit? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I was doing something and uh, was kind of in and out of the stream and missed the Arcadia. Um, but I heard some chatter on the old information superhighway about it. Uh, so what was the jam like? I mean, the jam was, again, shitty because it was type one. <laughs> but God, these guys keep doing that. So basic, yeah. dude. Basic. <laughs> this such a cool, like that when they when they get in that funk space out of Arcadia jams, and they just locked in and kind of kept it going. And like with the animal. You know, just adding these little twists, like keeping that beat going, keeping the main theme going, you know, and adding these little variations with different instruments and players in between and and just kind of building on it, building on it while you're keeping that going. You know, I talked to Rick after the Indiana shows and it was like 
you know, he expressed it like kind of keeping a train, like chugging along the track. And I had mentioned to somebody that if the drip field summer tour means you're going to get those rolling drum beats a lot and you're going to, you're going to feel that same kind of effect throughout a lot of the songs, like all for it. And that slowed it down. It was tighter. It was patient, but it kept chugging along. It kept chugging along. And I, I, again, no one stopped dancing from, you know, from Echo on through Arcadia. Seekers was a needed breather at that yeah. point. Yeah. And, uh, um, breathe in. Was was it? So uh, it's funny. <laughs> I would like to, uh, yeah, I'd like to acknowledge that people were dancing the whole time because I remember back in the day, there used to be some commenters who would say, people don't dance enough at Goose. Um, <laughs> which is a weird thing to say. Uh, but, you know, it's like, uh, I didn't realize that we kind of were keeping this dance quotient here. What is this? Footloose? So, I anyway, guess, uh, I guess that person wasn't ever looking at me. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, you know, it's a uh, interpretive dance. Um, so, uh, I'm glad people were moving, but I'm glad people got a chance to breathe for Seekers 1 and 2. I personally love Seekers 1 and 2. Um, I, I like them back to back. Although, what was it? Uh, Terminal Five, where they had um, they like opened close to set with it. Uh, that sandwich that was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. but but I like yeah I like I like Seekers One and Two. Uh, Eric says it's a great spot to pee. I disagree. Just go on yourself. Uh, and <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. So one and two are generally going to be uh, together. Pardon me, as I have a sip of Gatorade, official drink of podcasters everywhere. As long as you drip some Sunset Lake CBD in it. Yo, let's let's get that electrolyte sponsorship. That's what I'm talking uh, about. Electrolyte. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, want to say peace out to Kathy. Kathy, ride safe on the bike. We love you. See you in New York City. Yeah. Um, so Seekers 1 and 2 followed by Yeti. Close out the set. What do you think about that Yeti? Uh, again, kind of something that I guess I didn't expect them to play at that point. I think I, I yelled for something and I can't remember if I was stupid and obviously wrong. Um, but the Yeti was good. It was it was good and standard, but that whole set was dance, 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 you know, and you had the little like seekers reprieve. And then you got to like, again, get back in your dancing shoes before set break. So I kind of liked the flow of all of that. I thought once they started getting into Yeti, I thought it was good placement, you know, a good way to close the first set, you know, and, and again, there's just keeping this energy going for three shows was definitely, definitely. I'm all about it, dude. Yeah, yeah. So seekers, um, not a good time to seek the bathroom. Yeti, good set closer. Set two opened up with SOS. Great. I think it's a great placement. Set two opener. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was solid. I think relatively standard. They sent some stuff on the back end, but um, but again, SOS is a great song, man. I mean, they can play it standard, they can stretch it out. Either way, you're gonna have a lot of fun with that. And and I agree. Great, great placement for it to open up the second set. Yep, yep. <clears throat> Followed by Pancakes, uh, classic breakfast dish, also a great blues song. Um, <laughs> so Pancakes into Kylie Minogue, get, Can't Get You Out of My Head, back into Pancakes. Uh, very divisive. A lot of people are anti-Kylie. What? I don't really like that. Yeah, saw some, some people on Twitter um, talking about how they should never play Kylie Minogue again. 
Yo, dude. So, all right. So people say a lot of shit on Twitter and they don't think through it mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. Um, because it's just short characters and they probably don't think through much. Honestly, dude. I'm surprised you can convey this many bad ideas in only 140 characters. Yo, look, dude. <laughs> Listen to that. Co- <laughs> I don't know. That was the first time they jammed out, really kick it out of my head. And it was fucking epic, dude. And I mean, when you see the lights and you see those purple and orange lights, you feel like you're in some Belgian club in like 89 listening to this stuff. Very specific, but I feel you. Yeah, because that's where it is. And it's like so, so, so sick. And I mean, forgive me for liking dance and electronic music, but some of that stuff that they do with rock overtone, playing a pop song, you know, they're an indie group band. And putting these overtones on it and keeping that keeping that going again. The thing with some of these jams was sticking in a spot that was clicking for everyone, clicking for the band, clicking for the crowd, keeping the energy up. And they locked in on that with Kylie, and it was like something I've been waiting for forever, dude. And it was, uh, it was massive and awesome, and I saw everybody getting down. So I don't know if on Twitter, uh, I guess nobody. You know, again, and I don't like to say this, that you don't have to be there to, to see or understand or hear how, how good a song is. But right. Like, let's be realistic, man. That was an excellent piece of music. And if you're going to go say that they should never play Kylie again, then maybe you should really re-listen to a set where they weave that in, like the Mission set, you know, from 1122. Or like this one, which was the best Kylie they probably ever played. And really try to question your opinion on that when those musicians are doing something that nobody else is doing with a song like that. And it fits right. so well in an indie groove show. Like they, they, there's some respect that, that you deserve to pay for that. You know, like it's, you could, you could say they should never play it again because you're just anti-pop and you think they have auto tune in every song. Right. Zassanine also, but like, pfft, that was sick. And if anybody says otherwise, ah, you yeah. don't have to like it, but don't sit like they should play. Like, they should put Kylie in there. Give me creatures, Kylie and into the mist. Every other show, you know, Kylie especially sucks, if, especially if only sold 80 of, million albums. Oh, one of the best. Yeah. yeah. She like the best selling Australian artist ever. Ever for she sure. She yeah. She definitely <laughs> sucks. Um, yeah. Yes. I think she's the highest selling female australian artist of all time uh, um but uh i don't know who the highest selling artist of all time is um but we don't need to you know categorize people like that because frankly gender's construct and kylie minogue <laughs> is number one in our hearts so yeah. um back into pancakes and then uh closing out the set with slow ready i mean that's what I was telling people, this is the stuff they showcase stuff that I love about this band all weekend, you know. And again, like I said, I love, I love, I we we make fun of them kind of about covering the biscuits sometimes, but when they do that kind of trance electronic jamming in their way, it's just uh, it's so nice. And like I always have loved that part of them and love those songs. So I got a lot of it out of this show. A lot of it out of the shows before, you know, with animal, with Mississippi, with Dripfield, um, and with Kylie then and with slow ready. And it's just, 
that slow ready was really good. Great way to close a set, you know. And again, it was super hot in that pavilion. I think a lot of people are just covered in sweat. Sure. I know sure. I was. Yep. Yeah. I I'm mean, out of shape, though. You know? I was sweating at home. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, that was it. That was a hell of a week. What do we got? Five shows in a week uh, and five excellent shows, high energy. Uh, glad the guys got to uh, take a day off and, and rest a little bit yesterday um, because they've got uh, tonight in Wilmington, North Carolina sold out. Although, like I said, keep an eye. If you're looking for tickets, keep an eye out because they might pop up this afternoon. Uh, tomorrow, they're in Raleigh, North Carolina at Red Hat Amphitheater. Going to be another smoking show. I could be wrong, but I think the last Raleigh show was maybe at the Poor House. No, that uh, is the poorhouse in Charleston. No, there's a poorhouse in Raleigh. I think. Oh, is there? I think yeah. so. Oh, I didn't know they played. Uh, in yeah, before, there's a poorhouse in Raleigh. I don't know if that. I I believe that's it. Yeah, because I remember I was down there on a trip. My um, our managers from North Carolina, um, and I was like stopped by the poorhouse and and found a goose sticker in the bathroom next to a Formula Five sticker. Um, oh, shout yes. that yeah, spent a lot yeah. of time in that bathroom, so um, <laughs> that was a cool trip. Uh, but uh, got Raleigh and then closing out this leg of tour, uh, at least this leg of being on the road with Friday night, finally playing a set at Bonnaroo in Manchester, Tennessee. Uh, get there and have a great time. It's gonna be I, big time. Yeah, dude. And I heard Bonnaroo is actually um, selling a bit less than they have in the past. Seems like everything is, so it's not a surprise. But one of the things about Bonnaroo is sometimes it's just so many people. It's just such a huge festival. If you have the opportunity to go and you're on the fence, I think this year might be one of the better years to go. You know, you'll have more space. It's always cool. I'm sure there's going to be tens of thousands of people anyway. Right. But um, looking forward to them taking advantage of that opportunity and seeing what comes out of that. When's the last time you went to Bonnaroo, Bruce? Uh, I went to Bonnaroo, oh, God, in 2003, that summer. Mm. and uh, 19 years ago. It was a disaster. (laughs) We'll save that for a studio episode. Okay, okay. My last last Roo trip was uh, 09. I caught the old um, aquatic band that people seem to like there. uh, two, Two shows that weekend uh with a sit-in from bruce springsteen which was weird um three songs <sighs> it was a lot but that was actually uh that was like the only time that i uh was on the rail for fish ever um i spent eight hours waiting by the main stage with like one bottle of water um <laughs> and it was you know in that tennessee sun waited eight hours um, huge field. <laughs> I got to see, like, you know, while I was waiting on the main stage, I believe, like, Citizen Co. played, then Snoop Dogg, Erica Badu, then Fish. Ooh. Um, so that was super cool. Um, that was that was fun. Uh, but anyway, I waited and was on the rail, and it was awesome. But I was just like so hot and sweaty. Um, and uh, I think we should wrap there because I got this thing in five minutes. <laughs> oh, you got you got an actual job you gotta attend to. Uh, <laughs> you can't just alleged. do this podcast. It's a legend. Um, so we're back <laughs> next week with a studio episode, and we are um back next week with a studio episode. We might do a live, and we've got Radio City Music Hall next Friday and Saturday 
going to be huge. And the release of Dripfield um, studio episode coming out with D. James Goodwin, the producer of Dripfield next week with a guest host. Find out a little bit more about that. Um, Bruce, you got anything else to say to the people? Uh, it's send me some lozenges, like halls or some, something like can't breathe, can't talk. <laughs> send Bruce some lozenges because he's on the dust. Yeah. Um, so we're back next week. Thank you all for tuning in. We love y'all, miss y'all, and we'll talk to y'all soon. Oh, yeah, one more thing. I'm George Clinton, Parliament Funkadelic, streaming tonight, Relics, 7 p.m. Check it out. There may be a little interview. Publicize that shit. Me interviewing the George Clinton. See y'all. Osiris.